Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about season seven, episode 21, called Reading is Fundamental. And I, we, j- before we, <laughs> before yeah. we get too into it, there's construction going on across the street. They're putting in like 116, 17, I think, houses, and they haven't yet put up one house, but they are continually shaking our house. So if it gets like really loud on my end, and it sounds like there's, you know, a train wreck happening it's because of construction so i'm sorry in advance and then there's stuff going on outside right now that i can hear really well i don't know if it's going to get picked up on this but hopefully it's not going to be too loud for the yeah i haven't heard recording. it at all so oh it hopefully is really it loud there's like beep 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 and like all the different machines going and yeah like it's it's loud over here so I'm hoping <laughs> that it won't be too bad and it doesn't shake the house too much because that will definitely register. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, we start out in a teenage boy's bedroom. Uh, we see a close-up of a framed National Scholastic Society certificate in the name of Kevin Tran. The camera pans along the wall, showing us many other certificates. Kevin is playing Bach on his cello. Um, we cut to an abandoned building at night. Sam and Dean. Um, one other thing I should probably say <laughs> <laughs> before I continue this is that um, I did these notes on an airplane in the middle of the night. Uh, and <laughs> I was, uh, I had had many Xanax and um, I was using a purple pen to do my notes, which has totally bled. <laughs> And so my notes are a little hard to read. So it's all good. I just did mine last night in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Sam and Dean enter with the case they stole from Dick. Sam puts the case on the table and opens his laptop. Dean walks over to the case on the table. Uh, We cut back to Kevin's room. His cell phone rings. He continues to play until an alert on his computer pops up with the message, cello practice complete he then puts the cello down and answers the phone it's a girl she says hey kevin kevin says princeton just adjusted its acceptance rate down to 8.7 percent for 2013 the girl says breathe kevin <laughs> like dude chill out yeah. <laughs> she says are you studying kevin says i'm talking to you an alert on kevin's computer reads elective period 1455 Kevin says, I'll start on probability and statistics in 14 minutes. The girl (laughs) says, I hate probability. Kevin says, tomorrow's my last chance to get a perfect math score. The girl says, your SATs are great. Kevin says, Channing, everyone's SATs are great. I have to do perfect. (laughs) Channing says, who knows? The essays are at least as important. Kevin hits some buttons on his computer and brings up a document titled College Admission Essay. Uh, the whole thing is blank. Kevin says, I have absolutely nothing to say. Channing says, I know, I know what you mean. I read one by a kid who got into Cornell. He didn't have any arms or legs or anything. He had to type the whole thing with his mouth. It was beautiful. <laughs> Kevin says, That's not what Kevin wants to hear at the moment, though. <laughs> I know. Kevin says, I am so screwed. Channing says, you know what? 
No matter what, one day college isn't going to matter anymore. Kevin says, you're out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once you're out of college, it's not going to matter anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We cut back to Sam and Dean. Uh, Sam unwraps the piece of clay that was in the case. He takes it out and puts it on the table. Dean walks over with a toolbox. Dean says, that's a lot of fuss over a caveman Lego. Sam says, yeah, well, whatever Dick wants is bricked up inside that. Dean takes out a mallet, hands Sam a pair of safety glasses and puts them on himself. Dean says, all right. And then he hits the clay once. Thunder sounds outside. We cut back to Kevin. Um, He opens an energy drink and takes a sip. Lightning flashes and thunder claps. We cut back to the boys. Dean hits the clay again. Uh, Lightning flashes again and thunder claps again. We cut back to Kevin who takes another drink. I don't know why it's so important that we see Kevin taking all these drinks, but that's fine. (laughs) Because he's trying to energize because he's burning the midnight oil here. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut back to the boys. Dean says, that sounds like somebody saying, no, wait, stop to you. Sam says, "Uh, yeah, yeah. Dean says, yeah, oh, well. And he hits the clay several more times. Cut back to Kevin. Uh, Lightning flashes over and over. Cut back to the boys. Dean continues to hammer at the clay. We cut to the sky. (laughs) White light radiates from above the clouds and seems to erupt as the thunder roars. We cut back to the boys. Dean continues to hammer at the clay. Cut back to Kevin. He looks up as more lightning flashes. Uh, Cut to the boys. Dean continues to hammer at the clay. Cut back to the sky. Uh, Bolts of lightning shoot down from the clouds. Uh, the lightning reaches into Kevin's room and strikes him. He yells as he's lifted off the ground and hovers in the air. Cut back to the boys. Dean lists an inscribed stone tablet out of the broken clay. Cut back to Kevin. He's suspended in the air by the lightning as pieces of the roof swirl and fall around him. He then drops to the floor, which is covered in broken glass. White light flashes behind his closed eyes. Uh, and I'm just going to say that that is not good. No, it looks like he's just like getting electrocuted. That's yep, exactly. <laughs> looks like he's not going to live. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we cut back to the boys. Dean turns the tablet over. Cut back to Kevin. Uh, he lies on the floor as white light shines behind his closed eyelids. We see close-ups of some kind of hieroglyphics. And when the camera returns to Kevin, um, his body jerks on the floor and then goes still. And we get our opening title sequence. Um, so we cut to Castiel's hospital. He lies in bed with his eyes closed as lightning flashes and thunder claps. Meg, who is pretending to be nurse masters, sits by his bed, listening to music and reading a magazine. Meg raises her eyes from the magazine to see that Castiel has sat up. He turns to look at her. Uh, we cut to inside an office. Edgar the Leviathan and another man are looking at design plans. Edgar says, I don't know. I think the line might panic when they turn this corner. See the blade assembly up ahead. Jeez, it's like they're just nonchalantly talking about like, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, the gas chambers and stuff at like the concentration camps. Like, I don't know, like, let's just form them into lines and get rid of them. And it's like, oh, that's awful. You know, like, yeah, uh, they might freak out a little bit if they see what's coming for them. Well, no kidding. Like, (laughs) yeah, jeez. So Edgar's phone rings and he takes it out of his pocket. The display reads Dick calling. (laughs) Edgar says, strange, isn't it? That someone would choose to be named Dick. Lightning flashes as Edgar answers the phone. He says, yes. 
Uh, we cut to Kevin still on the floor. His phone rings. As he begins to stir, uh, the call goes to his voicemail. Uh, Kevin's voicemail says, this is Kevin Tran's voicemail. Please leave a message. Kevin's mom says, Kevin, it's mom. I know you're at school um, already about to take a test. I know all your hard work will net the results. Um, Kevin's clock reads 1022. Kevin says, 22. Kevin's mother says, we've discussed, but like Dr. Ender said, Kevin says, wait. Kevin's he is mother- losing his shit currently. Yep. <laughs> yep. Kevin's mom says, don't obsess on the quote unquote perfect. Kevin says, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) He grabs a shirt and looks at his calendar on his computer. Kevin's mom says, that's just a nice feather in our cap if we get it. Now, Kevin, we're about to finish up our last semester. Kevin puts his shirt in a bag. She says, my flight's confirmed for seven o'clock. So we'll see you at breakfast tomorrow. Love you, honey. White light flashes and appears in Kevin's eyes. We see another close-up of the hieroglyphics on Kevin's face. So we cut back to the boys. Dean is sleeping on the ground. He wakes. Um, the news is playing. A reporter says, um, at, a, at a loss to explain the, con- the continent-wide... So- <laughs> I'm going to try that again. <laughs> at a loss to explain the continent-wide storm system that appeared seemingly out of nowhere blanketing a good part of the nation in a freak lightning display. Uh, Dean stands up. Sam is listening to the news on his laptop at the table. The reporter says, hear what Dr. Marlon Price of the U.S. Meteorological Survey at a press conference earlier today. Dr. Marlon Price says, baffled? No, I'm not baffled. Frankly, I'm offended. This is not the way weather behaves. (laughs) Okay, tell us how you really feel. Yeah. The reporter says, the reporter says, power outages and related damages to electronic equipment have been reported from as far east as Cape Cod. A metal cup near Dean moves. Dean says, Bobby? Bobby, is that you? Sam says, I think so. And he holds up a flashing EMF reader. Uh, But that whole adventure at Roman seemed to have drained his batteries. Dean says, so what? We start the storm heard around the world? Sam says, when we broke this thing, uh, open last night, every maternity ward within a hundred mile radius got slammed. Looks like, like any woman. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Looks like any woman in the, her last month of pregnancy went into labor. That would be awful. It would be so horrible. <laughs> like imagine how many people that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People having babies in the hallways. And bet. they've all got the same birthday. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Dean says, hmm, and he picks up the tablet. He says, this one goes out to all the ladies. <laughs> so heavyweight signs, omens, what do we got? Sam says, I assume it's writing, but I've never seen anything like it ever. And it doesn't match anything in any book or online. Dean says, all right, so big daddy chomper lands here. He grabs himself some dick. And then he starts secretly underwriting university departments, pouring money into digs. All for this, why? Sam says, no clue. We do know that he'll be tearing new ones until he gets it back, though. Look, we got to take a minute, pull up somewhere safe, find out what we got. Dean says, Rufus's cabin then? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, this time I'm doing the shopping. (laughs) Sam's phone rings. You forgot the pie last time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Sam says, it's Meg. So Sam answers the phone. Uh, He says, what? (laughs) She says, what up, Bullwinkle? Just a little FYI call. Your boy's awake. 
Sam says, what? To Dean, he says, Cass is awake. Dean says, when? Sam puts the phone on the speaker and holds it out and says, when? Meg says, last night, about eight. Dean says, and you waited till now to call us? Meg says, I've been busy with Cass. He's just a tad different than when he dozed off, okay? Dean says, what do you mean different? Meg says, hey, Seacrest, guess what? Not a nurse, just playing one on TV. One answers, start driving. And Meg I mean, she's up. not lying. <laughs> I know, that's true. <laughs> I'm just Sam, playing one on TV. <laughs> I like that she called him Seacrest. Mm-hmm. Sam says, great. So Indiana, Dean says, yeah, eight o'clock last night. Sam says, yeah, same time we opened up that thing. So we cut to Kevin. He's driving a car. He swerves and says, ah, ah. (laughs) 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 Kevin's phone rings. He says, ah. (laughs) (laughs) He is losing it. (laughs) Yep. He answers the phone. Uh, Kevin says, who? Shannon says, Kevin, where were you today? You missed the test. Kevin says, hi. Channing says, and student council and quartet. Kevin says, I had to take my mom's car. I think I had a seizure or something. I've been chosen. <laughs> I think I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I think I've been chosen. It's my birthright. Channing says, oh my God, Kevin, all the pressure you've been under. This isn't one of those overachiever teen meltdowns, is it? Kevin says, I'm supposed to keep going. I'm not allowed to stop. Channing says, what do you mean not allowed? Kevin puts down the phone. Channing says, is someone with you? didn't make you take your mother's car, did they? Kevin? Kevin makes a right-hand turn and heads west. So we cut to Castiel's hospital. He is looking out the window of his room. Sam and Dean walk down the hallway. Dean says, we raced all the way here, and now, I don't know, I can't say I'm fired up to see what's left of the guy. Sam says, do you think he remembers it all? Dean says that, and I'm guessing whatever hell, whatever kind of hell baggage he lifted off your plate, it's not going to be pretty. An orderly says, Hey, excuse me, gentlemen, but it's way past visiting hours. Meg says, it's okay, Abel. I've been expecting them. Hello, boys. Meg leads Sam and Dean to Castile's room. He's still staring out the window. Dean says, hey, Cass. Cass turns around and says, hello, Dean, Sam. Sam says, hey, Castile. Dean says, look at you, walking and talking. That's that's great, right? You're upright. (laughs) Cass walks over to Dean and points a finger at him. Cass says, pull my finger. (laughs) Dean says, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh. Castile says, my finger, pull it. (laughs) Like, did you, did I stutter? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Dean does so. There's a flash and the lights go out and a window and light fixture shatter. Castile laughs. Meg turns on the lamp. Dean says, okay, just hang on, Cass. Wait, let us catch up with you for a second. Sam says, so you're saying you remember who you are and what you are. Cass says, of course. Oh, outside today in the garden? I followed a honeybee. I saw the root of flowers. It's all right there. The whole plan. There's nothing to add. Sam (laughs) says, you might want to add a little Thorazine. Meg says, right? He's been like the naked guy at the rave ever since he woke up. Totally useless. (laughs) Cass says, will you look at her? My caretaker. All that thorny pain so beautiful. (laughs) Meg says, we've been over this. I don't like poetry. Put up or shut up. (laughs) Sam says, okay, so Cass, you said you woke up last night? Cass says, yes, I heard a ping that pierced me. And well, you wouldn't have heard it unless you were an angel at the time. Sam hands Cass a bag containing the stone tablet. 
Sam says, that's also when we opened this. Cass says, oh, of course, now I understand. Sam says, understand what? Cass says, you were the ones. Well, I guess that makes sense. Dean says, what makes sense? Cass says, if someone was going to free the word from the vault of the earth, it would end up being you two. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. <laughs> You're just like, you little troublemakers, you. <laughs> yeah. And he pulls Sam and Dean into a hug. Dean says, oh, uh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> like, we're done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Sam pats Cass briefly on the back. Sam says, yeah, yeah. You said something about the word. Is that what's written on there? Cass says, did you know that a cat's penis is sharply barbed along its shaft? <laughs> I know for a fact the females were not consulted about that. <laughs> like, who wrote this into the script? <laughs> I, I want to know who's responsible for that line particularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dean says, Cass, please, we're losing ground out there, okay? We need your help. Can you not see that? Cass says, this is the handwriting of Metatron. Sam says, Metatron? You're saying a Transformer wrote that? <laughs> Dean says, no, that's Megatron. Sam says, what? Dean says, the Transformer. It's Megatron. Sam says, what? <laughs> Cass says, Metatron. <laughs> Sam is breaking out a little bit. Um, Cass says, Metatron. He's an angel. He's the scribe of God. He took down dictation when creation was being formed. Sam says, and that's the word of God. Cass says, one of them, yes. Sam says, oh, well, what's it say then? Cass says, uh, you know, tree, horse, fiddler crab. I can't read it. It wasn't meant for angels. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Meg says, okay, this all sounds bad. What are you two jackasses doing with the word of God? Let me see that thing. <laughs> Dean says, back off, Meg. Meg says, come on, it's my ass too. Dean says, back off. Meg says, damn it, enough of this demons or second-class citizens crap. Castile says, don't like conflict. And he disappears, and the stone tablet drops him on the floor, breaking into three pieces. He's just Sam. like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> yep. Sam says, uh. <laughs> Dean says, what the hell was that? Meg says, you heard him. He doesn't like conflict. He's down in the day room now. I guarantee it. Dean says, all right, I'll go handle Cass. Sam, will you please pick up the word of God? <laughs> Sam says, yeah. So Dean leads, leaves the room. Meg says, what are you guys caught up in now? Sam starts putting the pieces of the stone tablet into the bag. Meg says, I deserve to know, Sam. Uh, Sam stays quiet. Meg says, okay, fine. I'll hit the road then. Let me just go get my angel. Meg leaves the room. Sam goes after her, leaving the bag on the floor in Castile's room. Sam says, Meg, what are you talking about? Stop. Meg says, we both call. Who do you think Cass will come to? I'm guessing me. You heard him thorny beauty blah blah I'm the she's sick. like i'm sick she says i'm the saint who stayed with him he owes me his words sam says yeah what about what he owes us meg says we'll work on him a little maybe he's, he'll start crushing on you too hot stuff <laughs> sam says what are you gonna do with a broken angel don't be stupid Meg says, I'll take power where I can get it. I've got myself to look out for. They hear a noise and go back into Castile's room. Sam says, what the hell? The bag containing the stone tablet is gone. So they cut to outside the hospital. Kevin is running with the bag in his arms. He comes to a stop near the corner of the building. 
We cut to Dean. He is walking down a hallway. He stops uh, at the doorway to the day room and looks at Cass, who is sitting at a table with his back to Dean. We cut back to Kevin. He's running around while Sam chases him. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, hey! Kevin zigzags to avoid like, Sam. Ah! <laughs> yep. I would freak out too if somebody that large was chasing me. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin says, no, stop. Leave me alone. Ah! <laughs> Meg puts an arm out and knocks Kevin to the ground. Meg Poor says, guy. I know. Meg says, not a demon nor a chomper. What the hell are you? Kevin says, I'm a Kevin Tran. I'm in advanced placement. Please don't kill me. <laughs> Sam says, I'm not going to kill you. I know. <laughs> Sam says, I'm not going to kill you. Um, Sam hauls Kevin to his feet and tries to take the bag away from him. Kevin says, I'm sorry. Sam keeps trying to pull the bag away from Kevin. And Kevin says, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why, but I can't let go of this. <laughs> so we cut to Dean. He walks over and stands in front of Cass. Dean says, you realize you just broke God's word. Cass looks away and Dean sits down on the other side of the table. Dean says, it's Sam's thing, isn't it? You taking on his uh, cage match and scars. I guess that's what broke your bank, right? Cass says, well, it took everything to get me here. Dean says, what are you talking about, man? Cass says, Dean, I know you want different answers. Dean says, no, I want you to button up your coat and help us take down Leviathans. Do you remember what you did? Cass holds up a board, the board game, sorry. <laughs> he shakes it once and the board and pieces appear on the table ready to play. Cass says, do you want to go first? So we cut to inside Cass's room. Kevin is sitting on the bed. Sam stands in front of him and Meg behind him. Meg says, you really stepped in it, kid. Oh, man. Kevin says, all I know is this is for me. I'm supposed to keep it. Meg says, good luck. <laughs> Sam says, but you don't know what it is? Kevin shakes his head. Sam says, open it. Kevin unzips the bag and takes out two pieces of the stone tablet. He fits them together and they stick back together with a flash of bright light. Cut back to Dean. He picks up the sorry card. Cass says, you know, we weren't sure at first which monkeys were going to make it. <laughs> No offense, but I was backing the Neanderthals because their poetry was just amazing. It's in perfect tune with the spheres. But in the end, it was you, Homo sapiens sapiens. You guys ate the apple, invented pants. <laughs> because that's what sets us apart is pants. <laughs> I mean, you don't see anybody else wearing pants other than people, usually, unless people are dressing other things in pants. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, okay. Dean says, um, oh yeah. Dean says, Cass, where can we find this Metatron? Is he still alive? Cass says, I'm sorry. I think you have to go back to the start. Dean moves a marker and says, <laughs> this is important. <laughs> um, I think Metatron could stop a lot of bad. You understand that? Cass picks up another card and says, we live in a sorry universe. It's engineered to create conflict. I mean, why should I prosper, prosper? I can't say it. <laughs> Prosper from your misfortune. Uh, Cass puts down a marker and moves Dean's marker back to the start. He says, but these are the rules. I don't make them. Dean says, you made some of them when you tried to become God, when you cut that hole into the wall. Cass says, Dean, it's your move. Dean pounds a fist on the table and swipes the board onto the floor. Dean says, forget the damn game. Forget the game, Cass. Cass says, I'm sorry, Dean. Dean says, no, you're playing sorry. So we cut to Kevin in Cass's room. He is holding the stone tablet in shaking hands. It's now whole again. 
Kevin says, it's writing. Sam says, yeah, yeah, we get that. Kevin says, what's Leviathan? Sam says, what? You can read that? Is that what it says? Kevin says, sort of. It hurts a little, like looking through someone else's glasses. But I think it's it's about Leviathan, how it came to be. God locked him up far away, right? Like in a jail? Because they're so, they're, they're real, aren't they? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sam says, yeah, Kevin, they are. And they're here. Does it say anything about how to kill them? Because that's kind of been a problem. Kevin says, I don't know. It's not like reading, reading. It's hard to focus on it for too long. Meg's eyes turn black and the lights flicker. She says, Sam, something's up. Sam says, what? Kevin looks at Meg and screams. He scrambles. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) He scrambles backward on the bed. He's Sam easily says, disturbed. He is. I mean, he's just like a high school kid. I know. You know? <laughs> I Sam's mean, like, I get it. Oh, yeah. I would be the same way. <laughs> For sure. Um, Sam says, Kevin, hey, hey, Kevin. The glass lampshade breaks. A woman appears in the doorway. Uh, the woman says, demon. There's a sound of angel wings and a man appears. The woman makes a hand motion and Meg goes flying into the wall. Cut back to Cass. He's picking up the game pieces. He stops and looks up. Dean says, what? Cass says, Sam, he's talking to angels. So I cut back to Cass's room. The female angel says, a demon whore and a Winchester. Again. <laughs> I think that's a low blow. <laughs> I mean, but she's not wrong, though. <laughs> uh, Sam takes a step towards Kevin. The female angel says, step away from the prophet. Kevin says, who, me? The female angel says, soul keeper of the word on earth, we are here to take you. Kevin says, what do you mean take? The female angel says to the male angel, kill the demon and her lover. Meg says, that's not how it, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) The male angel holds out an arm and Meg slashes at him with a knife. He cups his palm, which is shining with white light. The female angel says, where did you get that? There's a rustling of angel wings and Cass appears. The male angel says, Castiel? Cass smiles and says, hi. The male angel says, you're alive? The female angel says, you. Cass says, hello, Hester. Hester says, you smote thousands in heaven. You gave a big, scary speech. Then you were gone. What the hell was that? Cass says, rude for one thing. The male angel says, where have you been? Cass says, oh, Ineas, Hester, I know you want something. Answers, I wish I could do that. There are so many things I can teach you. I can offer... Uh, well perspective here and he points it he points a finger at Hester and says pull my finger Hester doesn't move Cass says says, "Uh, Meg will get another light and I'll blow it out again and well this time it'll be funny and we'll all look back and laugh as Hester says you're insane Dean says hey he's standing in the doorway he says heads up sunshine and he puts his hand in an angel vanishing sigil he's drawn on the wall outside the room White light flares and all the angels vanish. Dean says, all angels going back to their corners. We got like three, four hours tops. Sam points the knife, uh, Meg points to the knife Meg is holding and says, Meg, where did you get that? Meg says, a lot of angels died this year. Kevin says, what is happening? What (laughs) is happening? (laughs) I'm freaking out. (laughs) Dean says, what is that? Sam says, it's uh, Kevin Tran. He's uh, an advanced placement. 
So we cut to a little while later. Kevin is sitting on the bed holding the stone tablet. Kevin says, so these leviathans, these monsters are real. And angels with wings? Sam says, no, uh, no wings, no anything. Dean says, no junk, junkless. So Kevin, can you read the chicken scratch on the God Rock, huh? Kevin says, uh, I, uh. Dean says, this is back in one piece, I see. And you're saying that there's some sort of how to punch dick recipe in there somewhere. <laughs> Kevin says, I don't know what you're saying, but it seems kind of like a in case of emergency note. What do they mean by profit? Dean says, oh, no, really? Sam says, yeah, yeah, that's what the angel said. Kevin says, I don't want to be a prophet. <laughs> says, no, you don't at all. Meg says, gentlemen, we've got to start running and hiding. Or do you want to tangle with those wing nuts twice? Dean says, I'm sorry. Did you say we? Meg says, I'm on the angel's radar now. You think I don't need a little safety in numbers? Dean says, all right, we'll go to Rufus's cabin. Kid can do his book report there. So we cut to Al's mini mart. It's daytime. Kevin is asleep in the back of the car, which Dean is filling with gas. Um, That's the place where the guy got cheesed. Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure. Uh, Not totally positive, but I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, inside the mini mart, Meg is reading a magazine at the counter as a clerk purchases in a bag. Sam walks to the counter with an armful of groceries and two two coffees. A commercial plays on the TV in the store. The commercial says, we know you're hungry. Why not enjoy Biggerson's homemade pie bar? It's like a salad bar, but with pie. Okay. <laughs> That's the stupidest commercial ever. I know. Like, well, <laughs> yep. I mean, it's not surprising, granted, you know, like given what they're going for, but. Mm-hmm. So the news announcer says, now back to our top story on News 10, the search for the missing honor student. The, te- the, te- blah, blah, blah. the detective says, the victim in this case reportedly insisted um, he'd be chosen by birthright, causing speculation that a cult may be behind the abduction. The family car is also missing. Federal authorities have been placed on alert. Uh, the news announcer says, again, 16-year-old honor student Kevin Tran reportedly taken from his Michigan home early yesterday. So outside the mini-mart, Meg is leaning against an ice machine reading her magazine. She looks up at two truck drivers standing nearby. Meg says, oh, crap. The truck drivers have black eyes. So we cut to Dean hanging up the gas pump. Sam says, hey, and he hands Dean a coffee. Sam says, we got another wrinkle. Uh, it looks like Kevin's gone missing. It's gone federal. Yeah. Where's Meg? Meg says, I'm here. Dean says, great. So now we're kidnappers? Meg says, not if we shut up about it. Why? <laughs> Who, who'd we kidnap? So we cut to later that night. Uh, inside the car, Kevin is asleep in the back seat. He wakes up and looks at Meg and says, oh, God. Meg says, what? Kevin says, nothing, nothing, just my life, my future, my <laughs> girlfriend, my mom's car. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't get the, that, um, what's her name was his girlfriend. I thought she was just like a friend or something, you know, like, oh yeah. Yeah. They didn't really have any like romantic dialogue. No, not at all. Yeah. <clears throat> but so I mean, for an honor roll kid who ain't got the time, that's probably about the closest he's going to come to a girlfriend for a while. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Meg's phone rings, so she answers it. She says, yeah, yeah, Castiel, it's me. Dean says, Cass, where? Where is he? Meg to Dean says, shut up. 
Cass says, I'll stop speaking. Meg says, no, no, Cass, you talk. Cass says, I'm, a pl- I'm in a place called Perth. Meg says, Perth? Dean says, Perth, as in Australia? <laughs> Meg says, what dogs? To Dean, she says, he says he's surrounded by unhappy dogs. Cass says, they're chasing a rabbit around. Meg says, oh, okay, he's at a dog track in Perth. <laughs> Cass says, I'm surrounded by large and happy dogs. <laughs> Meg says, yeah, they're unhappy because the rabbit's fake. Listen, we're on Highway 94, north of St. Cloud, Minnesota, just passing mile marker 79. Cass materializes in the back seat between Meg and Kevin. Kevin says, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Meg says, Kevin, this is Castiel. Kevin says, you're one of the angels. Cass touches a finger to Kevin's nose and says, boop. And then he says, Meg, are you hurt? Meg says, shut up. Why is Meg so angry right now? She's probably sick and tired of dealing with his nonsense. (laughs) She's like, dude, you know? Yeah, (laughs) you're probably right. Dean says, Cass, what happened back there? Who were those guys? Cass says, they're from the garrison, my old garrison. Looks like Hester's taken over. We were assigned to watch the earth. Often it was boring. The wars were very boring and the sex, you know, the repetition. Anyway, I was uh, their captain. Isn't that strange? Sam says, Cass, why are they pissed at us now? Cass says to Meg, you know, those racing dogs were absolutely miserable. They can only think in ovals. Dean says, Cass, don't make me pull this car over. Why are angels after us? Cass says, are you angry? Why are you angry? Dean says, no, I'm, please, can we just stay on target? Cass says, there's no reason for anger. They were only following protocol. If the word of God is revealed, a keeper of the word will awaken like this. He touches Kevin's nose again and says, hot potato right here. (laughs) Kevin slaps Castiel's hand away and says, please stop that. (laughs) Cass says, anyways, garrison code dictates you take the keeper to the desert to learn the word away from men. Dean says, what kind of sense does that make? He has to tell us so that we can use it. Cass says, that's God and his shiny red apples. <laughs> Kevin says, I can't live in the desert. I, I'm flying to Princeton. Dean says, okay, you know what? Screw the garrison. We need the tablet and sick Roman soylent us crap. Cass says, if you want the word, you'll have to duck Hester and her soldiers. Sam says, yeah, you're in our corner, right, Cass? Cass says, no, I don't fight anymore. I watch the bees. So we cut to inside Rufus's cabin. Cass is drawing a symbol on the wall in chalk. Um, he says, let's leave off angel proofing sigils or I'll be expelled too. Sam says, as long as we're invisible to your garrison buddies, it works for me. Dean and Kevin walk downstairs. Dean says, I'm sure you're pretty hungry. So once we get settled in upstairs, we'll get some dinner going. Kevin comes to a stop at the foot of the stairs. Dean clears a space on the table, which is covered with knives. <laughs> Kevin says, this looks like a sex torture dungeon. Is this a sex torture dungeon? What? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is what this is. Is this what this is? <laughs> Dean says, no, this is not a sex torture. Get over here. Sit down and read, would you? So we cut to the ground floor of the cabin. Sam sits down near Cass. Cass says, you seem troubled. Of course, that's a primary aspect of your personality. So I sometimes ignore it. <laughs> Sam says, okay. Um, right now, I'm just wondering about you. Cass says, what about me? You're worried about the burden I lifted from you. Sam says, I think I was done for. Do you see Lucifer? Cass says, I did at first, but that was, it was a projection of yours, I think, sort of an aftertaste. 
now I'm more of the, well, everything. It's funny. I was done for too. Meg leaves. Cass says, the weight of all my mistakes, all those lives and souls lost. I couldn't take it either. I was, I was lost until I took on your pain. It's strange to think that that helps, but Sam says, I know you never did anything but try to help. I realize that, Cass, and I'm grateful. We're all grateful. And we're going to help you get better, okay? No matter what it takes. Cass says, what do you mean, better? <laughs> it's like, um, you're kind of a broken puppy right now. You know? yeah, yep. <laughs> so we cut to the cabin basement. Dina's asleep in a chair and Kevin is writing at the table. His hands start to shake and his vision blurs. Kevin stands up, hyperventilating. Dean, uh, with his eyes still closed, says, Kevin. Kevin says, this is all too much. What's happening to my life? I'm just a kid from Michigan. I don't want to be a word keeper. <laughs> He's like, I can't do this. <laughs> Dean says, looks like we're brown bagging it. And he stands <laughs> up and picks up a brown paper bag. Kevin says, I'm not prepared to factor the supernatural into my worldview. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how nonchalantly Dean's like, looks like we're brown bagging it. Like this has happened multiple times already. Yep. <laughs> He's just got a bag ready just in case he has another panic, you know? Like. <laughs> exactly. Dean puts the brown bag over Kevin's face and says, okay, there we go. He pats Kevin on the back and says, that's it. That's it. Just breathe. Take it easy. <laughs> Kevin holds onto the bag and breathes into it. Dean says, oh, I don't know, man. What can I say? You've been chosen and it sucks. Believe me, there's no use asking why me? Because the angels, they don't care. I think maybe they just don't have the equipment to care. Seems like when they try, it just breaks them apart. Kevin says, I just want to be the first Asian American president of the United States. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Dean says, then do your homework. So we cut to a street. It's nighttime. A large truck pulls up. Meg walks towards it. One of the demon truck drivers gets down from the cab. Meg says, see, I'm here. Just like I said. Both demon truck drivers walk towards Meg. Um, the first one says, you better start talking, skank. Tell me again why I'm not just hauling you off to the king's cash window. Meg says, come on, Roscoe. I told you. I got something way better. You know how Crowley likes presents. Roscoe says, he's not going to care if we bring the Winchesters. Yesterday's news. <laughs> Meg says, not the Winchesters. I've got the angel who double-crossed him. I've got Castiel. Roscoe says, no. Castiel, he's dead. Meg says, right, because you're in that loop. <laughs> Roscoe says, where is he then? Meg says, first, I want to know how many of you jerks I have to cut in. The second uh, demon walks behind Meg. Roscoe says, you think we're stupid? We didn't tell anybody. Meg says, I love demons. And she stabs the second demon truck driver with an angel knife. <laughs> She's and... like, you big fat liar. <laughs> yep. yep. White light appears in his eyes and mouth as he falls to the ground dead. Meg fights with Roscoe and stabs him. Um, gold light flashes in his skull and he drops dead too. Meg walks away. So we cut to Rufus's cabin. Uh, Meg enters and is brought to a sudden halt by a devil's trap on the floor. Sam turns on the lights. Sam says, didn't expect to see you back. Dean says, yeah, not without the King's army. And he gestures towards Meg and says, knife. Meg hands Dean the knife. Meg says, typical, I save our bacon and you're sitting there waiting by a devil's trap. Seriously, I just killed two of Crowley's men. I could have gone the other way on that. Cass says, it's true, incidentally. There's others' demons' blood on that blade. Meg says, look, I'm simpler than you think. I figured one thing out in this world. Just one, pretty much. You find a cause and you serve it. Give yourself over and it orders your life. 
Lucifer and Yellow Eyes, their mission was it for me. Dan says, so what? We should trust you because you wanted to free Satan from hell? <laughs> I mean, Meg, that's a fair question. I think so, too. <laughs> Meg says, I'm talking cause, douchebag, as in reason to get up in the morning. Obviously, these things shift over time. We learn, we grow. Now, for me, currently, the cause is bringing down the king, and I know we'll need help to do it. Dean says, Crowley ain't the problem this year. Meg says, when are you going to get it? Crowley's always the problem. He's just waiting for the right moment to strike. I know what I'm supposed to do, and it isn't screw with Sam and Dean or lose the only angel who'd go to bat for me. Sam breaks the devil's trap with his foot. Cass says, this is good. Harmony and communication. (laughs) (laughs) Now our only problem is Hester. Meg says, what? Cass says, well, here we're hidden from the garrison, but when you killed a demon, you put it on a pretty clear beacon. Meg says, we need better angel proofing now. The door bursts open. Hester and a new male angel enters the room. Hester says, you took the prophet from us? Cass says, I'm sorry? (laughs) Hester says, you have fallen in every way imaginable. Enia says, please, Castiel, we have to follow the code. Help us do our work. Dean says, he can't help you. He can't help anybody. Hester says, we don't need his help or his permission. Hester nods to Enia, who nods back. There's a sound of angel wings and Enia disappears. Hester says, the keeper goes to the desert tonight. Aeneas reappears with Kevin. Dean says, whoa, 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 back off. We're actually trying to clean up one of your angel's messes. You know that. Cass says, he's right. An angel brought the Leviathan back into this world, and they begged him. They begged him not to do it. Dean says, look, just give us some time, okay? We'll take care of your prophet. Hester says, why should we give you anything after everything you've taken from us? The very touch of you corrupts. When Castiel first laid a hand on you in hell, he was lost. For that, you're going to pay. Hester walks towards Dean. Cass says, please, they're the ones we're here to protect. Hester says, no, Castiel. And Hester backhands Castiel as he, and he falls to the ground. Aeneas Poor guy, Meg, don't beat him up. I know, he's that's just mean. I'm like, he's off his rocker, leave him alone. Aeneas <laughs> <laughs> and the other male angel um, each hold up two fingers to stop Sam and Dean from going to Castiel's aid. Hester says, no more madness, and she punches Cass. No more promises, and she punches Cass again. No more new gods, and she punches Cass repeatedly and then holds up an angel blade. And he says, Hester, no, and he grabs her arm. He says, please, there's so few of us left. Somebody's having a psychotic break. (laughs) That's right. She's like, I have been through too much. (laughs) (laughs) Hester punches Aeneas in the face with the hand holding the knife. Hester says to Castiel, you wanted free will. Now I am making the choices. Hester raises the knife. White light blazes from her chest and she falls to the ground dead. Meg has stabbed her. Meg says, what? Someone had to. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to some time later. Aeneas says, these are strange times. Cass says, I think they've always been. Aeneas puts a hand on Cass's arm and says, I wish you'd come with us. Cass says, oh, I'm not part of the garrison anymore, Aeneas. I'm sorry. Dean walks over to Sam and Kevin, who are sitting at the table. Kevin gives Sam the notebook in which he has translated the stone tablet. Sam says, thanks, Kevin. Not a lot of people could have handled this. Dean says, you doing all right there, chosen one? Kevin says, yeah. Aeneas says, are you ready, Kevin Tran? The male angel um, and the second male, uh, new male angel. That was weird. (laughs) I wanted to say like naked in there for some reason. 
<laughs> you wanted to say naked in there? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I was looking at the words and I was like, does that say naked? No, it doesn't. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so the angels each put a hand on Kevin's shoulder. Kevin holds the stone tablet. Aeneas says, bring the keeper to us home. We can watch over him there. Aeneas and the other male angel and Kevin disappear. Dean says, I couldn't find Meg anywhere. Cass says, yeah, well, she enjoys laying low. Sam is reading the notebook. He says, here, Leviathan cannot be slain, but by a bone of the righteous mortal washed in the three bloods of the fallen. Uh, it says we need to start with the blood of the fallen angel. So Sam and Dean look at Cass. Cass says, well, you know me. He holds out a small bottle and says, I'm always happy to bleed for the Winchesters. He's like, here you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cass uh, hands the bottle, which is filled with his blood, to Dean. Dean says, what are you going to do, Cass? Cass says, I don't know. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and, he, and he disappears, which makes me sad. I know. He's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> I wanted them to hang out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sam goes back to reading the notebook. Dean says, well, let's get to work. So we cut to Kevin's house. Mrs. Tran is standing in her kitchen. The detective says, we're doing everything we can, Mrs. Tran, believe me. Mrs. Tran says, he said he'd had a seizure. What if they hit him? What if he has a brain injury? The detective says, you need to trust us, okay? It won't help to wear yourself out with worry. There's the sound of angel wings, and then two male angels appear with Kevin between them. Kevin says, mom? Mrs. Tran says, Kevin! And they hug. Uh, Mrs. Tran says to the angels, who are you? Kevin says, it's okay, mom. They brought me back. They're keeping me safe. The detective says, I don't believe that's true. And he plunges a hand into the chest of the first male angel. The detective says, rock beats scissors. The detective twists his arm. Black veins uh, spread up the neck of the male angel and black grease spills from his mouth. The male angel falls to the ground. The second male angel raises a hand towards the detective and makes a twisting motion, but nothing happens. The detective says, Leviathan beast angel. And the detective plunges a hand into the chest of the second male angel. Black blue spills from his hand. Um, Kevin and Mrs. Tran watch, watch, distressed. The detective withdraws his hand from the male angel's body. The angel's face is covered with black veins and black goo is running from his nose and mouth. He falls to the ground. The detective turns to Kevin and Mrs. Tran and morphs into Edgar the Leviathan. Edgar says, hello, Kevin. And credits. Okay, so I would just like to say first off that I have a succulent and I named it Kevin because it seemed like the perfect name for a little succulent. <laughs> <laughs> it is the perfect name. <laughs> just a cute little like, you know. <laughs> I love it. Kevin is too precious for this world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's just like just protect kevin with everything you've got because he's Mm -hmm. just too precious Uh, also okay like i totally love how random this episode is you know they're like talking about cat penises and dog tracks (laughs) and like (laughs) cats following around the bees and watching the bees you know like just like the total tangents is that's like I thought this episode was pretty hilarious because of it. Yeah. I wonder when we see Cass again. I can't remember. 
I can't uh, remember. And yeah, if I don't he's know. still, you know, following the bees, then I know. Well, I mean, having I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> weird transition. Uh, my next thought <laughs> is that Dean gives Cass way too much grief. Like, I get it. He messed up, but like come on, you know, like he's off his rocker. He like took a hard hit for the team with the whole like crazy pants thing. Like, yeah, give him a break, you know? Like, Yeah. Did he give him a hard time in this episode? I know I just read it and yet I don't remember that. <laughs> I mean, he's not giving him like a really hard time, but it's like the constant little jabs, you know, and like just being like, you know, like, Hey, focus, you know, and like that sort of stuff. Like, where it's okay. just like, dude, give it a rest. You know, like he's off his rocker because he took like all of the crazy off of Sam. So you would think you'd be grateful and not like, well, you deserve it anyway. T- type attitude. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like Dean was kind of a dick in this episode mm-hmm. and not like he was okay variety. with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was okay with Kevin. I thought he was fine with Kevin. Did I say Kevin? I meant Cass. No, you, you said Cass. I was oh. just trying to give Dean a little bit of credit and say, no, I mean, yeah, like he okay wasn't like, I'm, not to everybody else, but to cast, he was a bit of a dick. Yeah. So I didn't so much like that. That was a little bit like, really, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I love like, my Castillo. Give it a rest, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Ah, shit. You know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Um, probably just all the moments where Kevin freaked out. Yeah. It was like, ah, <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I really know how to deal. I don't know how them. to handle it. <laughs> I enjoyed those moments <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because honestly, I, I would probably be the same way and not as, not as cute of a way as Kevin is, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah what was your favorite moment oh so mine was also Kevin it was specifically though when he was running from Sam where he like you know took off took the tablet and like took off and he's just like zigzagging around like "Ah!" (laughs) 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 like terrified but not dropping the thing that they're clearly after. He's like, I don't know what to do. I can't let go, but I gotta run. You know, like, he just reminded me of like a really nervous bunny. You know, like yeah, just like I could say that. Like, oh god, you know, like ah! <laughs> poor he guy, was just like off his rocker, and it was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like poor, poor thing was traumatized, but yeah, just with giant Sam chasing you. I know like that would be nervous like that would make me nervous for sure if I had any person of that size just running after me I'd be like what did I do you know know? (laughs) yeah but (laughs) yeah so our interesting facts from this one um it says that Sam says that after Dean opened the tablet every woman in her last month of pregnancy gave birth Coincidentally, Jared Padalecki's wife, Genevieve, gave birth to their son during the filming of this episode. Oh, okay. And she gave birth in Seattle, too. 
I have no I, idea. I remember them saying at a convention when they had conventions in in Bellevue here that um, that um, their like doula was here and that they gave birth to both their sons here and yeah. Oh, huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. From Texas. I mean, they must have been lived in Texas at the time. Yeah. Or in Texas, not at Texas. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I don't, that, hmm, I didn't know that. I totally missed that. That must've been the one that you were at that I wasn't at. Okay. Maybe. But, um, so it says (laughs) very oddly, it says at around 29 minutes, which I don't know why that's so specifically in here, but it says when Dean and Kevin are talking in the cabin, you can see Dean holding the prop they used as death's sickle from a previous uh, season. Um, which is, I think when Kevin was like, is this a sex torture dungeon? (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's holding the big, like sickle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says in this episode, Meg calls Sam Bullwinkle. Um, Crowley has always called Sam Moose, um, but Bullwinkle the Moose was a lead character in the 1960s classic cartoon, uh, The Rocky and Bullwinkle Show. Yeah. Uh, it says Emily Holmes, who's Hester, uh, previously appeared in Supernatural, A Very Supernatural Christmas from 2007 as Mrs. Walsh. And I totally don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Because a very supernatural Christmas. That's the one with the gods, right? Yeah, the the pagan gods. Yeah. Like, and I know she didn't play the god. No. You know, she didn't look familiar to me. She didn't look familiar to me, but I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, we've seen her before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it says this is the 16th episode to not feature the Impala, the 15th in a row, except for the flashback scene from Repo Man. Um, and it says, and I don't know why this is in the interesting facts, but it says both Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles were born in Texas, but in different cities. I guess I just decided <laughs> to throw a random interesting fact in there that had nothing to do with <laughs> with the episode. Yeah, the episode like, at all, okay. They weren't in Texas, you know? Yeah. But yeah i don't that was kind of a weird one for me not gonna not gonna lie um so it says this is the first mention of metatron uh mm-hmm. the first appearance of kevin tran played by osric chow which yay he, he's he's just a gem mm-hmm. um and it says uh dean says we need the tablet to end dick roman's soylent us crap which i don't know if i said that right um it says he's referring to the sci-fi f- thriller Soylent Green from 1973 um, about feeding an overpopulated dystopian earth with those who have overpopulated it. Yep. <laughs> Which I definitely haven't seen that, but there's a lot no, of things. I don't think about. I've seen it, but I, I think I've seen the uh, like image of like people like going into a machine and like green stuff coming out and like Ew. <laughs> yeah that's gross uh that that's like kind of anytime i see green slime i always like have flashbacks to nickelodeon (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you know where they would like slime people i think like nick cannon was the host or something Mm -hmm, i think so back in the day that was a long time ago (laughs) 
Um, so our research from this week is off of profits. Um, and this is off or off of profits. It's about profits. <laughs> I thought you said assless profits. It is not about assless profits. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they all have asses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is off of christianity.com um and it says uh and the title is who were the major and minor prophets in the bible um it says learning about the major and minor prophets may sound like a reference to the major and minor leagues of baseball but that's where the similarities end um it says who were these biblical prophets um and it says god sent appointed messengers throughout history to warn and guide his people um, it says, we discover God's first mention of a prophet in Deuteronomy 18 verses 18 through 19. It says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites and put words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. Um, so there's four major prophets and 12 minor prophets. So the four major prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Ezekiel and Daniel. And then they also have lamentations in there, which is a book in the Bible. And that's five, not four. So I don't, (laughs) whatever. Okay. Um, and then it says the 12 minor prophets are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zachariah, and Malachi. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) Uh, it says, what does prophet mean? It says the word prophet defines someone who gives the declarations of God. Um, these men and women did not exist for their own glory, but for the glory of God. Uh, the Hebrew word for prophet is nebai, nebai, maybe? I don't totally know. Um, which is derived from the verb action to bubble forth like a fountain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the English word for prophet comes from the Greek word pro- prophet maybe prophetes um, which means to speak for another especially one who speaks for a god Um, the biblical prophet prophets spoke the truth which came from god Um, their unique vocation allowed them to authoritatively speak on god's behalf they never spoke on their own authority nor did they share their own opinions they only shared their message as god instructed them Uh, their role was to make god's will known as well as his holiness and to instruct god's people to reject idolatry and sin um it says the divine inspiration and instruction of the old testament prophets are affirmed in the new testament um from second peter verses or chapter one verse 20 through 21 it says no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things for prophecy never had its origin in the human will but prophets though human spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit um, it says, interestingly enough, women were also prophets. Um, Moses's sister Miriam is called a prophet, as are Deborah and Huldah, which I don't know who those two are. Maybe I should, okay. but I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it says, the Bible doesn't explain how the word of the Lord came to a prophet. However, there are a number of examples where the Lord revealed his will through visions, aside from an audible or internal voice. Um, Jesus also fulfilled his advocacy of the father as uh, of his father as a priest, prophet, and king. Um, the Bible uses the terms major and minor simply as a way to divide the prophetic books from the old or of the Old Testament. Uh, the major prophets are described as major because of the longer lengths of their books, not their significance. Um, in order of occurrence, the major prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Um, The minor prophets of the Bible are shorter books with more specific content 
um, compared to the broader subjects of the major prophets. Uh, these men were just as significant as the major prophets, despite the title of minor. Uh, the minor prophets are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. <laughs> there, there's a bunch of mouthfuls. Um, mm-hmm. The minor prophets are also sometimes, sometimes called the twelve. Um, it says the major and minor prophets are typically the least popular for Christians to study or read. This is due to the difficult and unusual prophetic language. Um, there are constant warnings and condemnation of either God's people going astray or what will happen to those who choose to reject God. However, there's valuable truth to be gleaned from each book. For example, we can read of Christ's birth being foretold in Micah and Isaiah. We can then read how Christ will return in the books of Zechariah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Um, As with every part of the Bible, the major and minor prophets shouldn't be skipped over. In fact, these books give us some of the richest glimpses, 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 (laughs) what? I know, and foreshadowing of Christ that we see in the entire Old Testament. Um, If you're looking for a better understanding of the Messiah and the events that led to and foretold his coming, the major and minor prophets are must reads. So um, they're, yeah, so basically the whole like overlying (laughs) theme is that the prophets are people that so god chose specific people to either write down his words or tell people his words so it was like an in-between for um kind of like communication okay so that's all of those words kind of just mean that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of <laughs> different, you know, examples of them and there's the major and the minor and blah, 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 blah. But like, mm-hmm. it's all just, you know, people that God used to get his words out to the public. And okay. Whether it was like trying to teach a lesson or saying you, know, you should do this or you shouldn't do this or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's <laughs> That's our research. A little textbooky, but you know. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay um, to do that every now and then, I think. Yeah. Well, and you know, some of this stuff, like especially it's a little tricky because like the stuff in supernatural that has to do with like the Bible specifically is gonna be kind of like that because it's very like this is what it is, you know. There's yeah. not really many like I mean, you could go into like stories and all that sort of stuff, but you'd have to go off and, you know, read different, you know, things where it's like, okay, this is like the overlying, you know, so it's, it it can be kind of dry sometimes, but yeah, (laughs) it's kind of like, well, that's what it is. And that's kind of what they're pulling it from. So, Mm -hmm. eh, you know, (laughs) but so you're saying there were no tablets. There was, so there's the 10 commandments which right. were on tablets, which, um, those were inscribed on the tablets for like the rules, you know, but right, right, right. I mean, I don't know, like, I guess you could, I, I, I don't know if like, that's like considered like a profit thing. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I would have to look that up. But the, okay. the Ten Commandments are the only things that I know that are written on stone tablets. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, not there could be more, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. 
if that's the case. So yeah, I, I might be giving you half information, but <laughs> okay, that's all right. <laughs> um, so what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? <sighs> okay, so <laughs> the other day I was over with Eric and Killian at one of Eric's best friend's houses, mm-hmm. and they have twin babies. Uh-huh. And they're not really babies anymore. Okay. I mean, they just turned one, but they're, they're still babies. Young enough. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're still so, babies. I would consider a one-year-old baby still. Okay. Yeah. And they're so cute. Oh my God. Little, <laughs> little baby girls are just the sweetest. They were so smiley. And anyway, can you tell that I went over there to play with the babies? <laughs> that's why I was there. <laughs> it's like, great. Seeing you is good too, but also, you know, <laughs> I, know I was like, I need my baby fix. So, <laughs> oh man. And so I got to play with them for hours and hours and hours. And I, I just had a, such a blast and I had my purse on the floor. Ugh. And, um, what, at one time, one of the babies was, um, you know, playing with the, my purse, which I could tell was, you know, still closed. So they weren't, you know, they weren't getting in anything. Just they weren't, you know, holding my pill bottles or anything, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So I let them, you know, just, or whichever baby it was, you know, just continue. And then I finally, I'm talking like 15 minutes later, Mm -hmm. get down on the ground to see if I can, you know, play with this baby and my purse. Mm -hmm. And I see that the baby is actually holding my pepper spray <laughs> Oh no! that I have connected to the outside of my purse. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't get in my purse and pull it out. She was just playing with the outside of my purse because <laughs> I'm a dumbass and completely <laughs> forgot about it. Oh my God. <laughs> Felt so horrible. Um, their mom was right there, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." <laughs> and the mom was like, "Eh, they probably they probably played with worse." Um, <laughs> What's worse than pepper spray? I mean, at pepper spray going off, you know, yeah. <laughs> that could be worse. <laughs> yeah, I just felt so stupid <laughs> for forgetting about that. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, I mean, nothing <laughs> happened, so. No, I still felt like a big old idiot. So anyway, what was your idiot harassment moment? (laughs) So my moment from this week is that Hunter has decided that baby gophers are the thing to go after. Oh no. I don't know. Like he's been digging a lot of holes and stuff in the yard because you can tell he's like smells gophers and moles and all that sort of stuff, but he has yet to catch anything until the other day. Oh no. Is this going to upset me? I mean, it's, no, I don't think so. Okay. It's okay. If it does carry on. But so (laughs) he digs up this baby gopher, right. And like grabs it. And I think my guess is that when he first grabbed it, he crunched it and it was already dead, you know? So like, but he's just like carrying around this baby gopher (laughs) and we're like, Ew, no, (laughs) yuck dude like give it back like you can mm-hmm. kill it that's not because we want him to kill those things because dear lord we're overrun with them but yeah you know like we're just kind of like okay oh no you know like give it back don't eat it don't eat it and we're like chasing him around trying to get the gopher right and so he thinks it's a game 
And of so course. Travis finally <laughs> gets like him to like kind of come over to him, but like not close enough. But you could tell that Hunter was like, nope, I earned this. It's mine. And then drops the baby gopher on the ground. Right. And obviously it's not going anywhere. So it's already dead. And then yeah. Travis tries to like go over there and pick it up. And Hunter, I'm not even joking. It was like a freaking cartoon. He picks it up, throws it up in the air, <laughs> catches it and swallows it. Like he, oh, even <laughs> he just swallowed it whole. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, you know, like <laughs> that's so gross. You know, so the baby gopher didn't suffer, but like okay. he definitely like, just like <laughs> threw it swallowed me. it. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, but that is disgusting. Disgusting. And we're like, ew, gopher mouth, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, he was like very clearly proud of himself because now he's been like, he, he knows that he caught a gopher over there. And so mm-hmm. now he's been like, every time we go out to the pasture, he's been trying to like bolt out the fence, you know, before we can stop him to try and like go gopher hunting again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of nasty, but yeah. So he definitely like, he, he just swallowed a baby gopher whole, like a Scooby snack. <laughs> oh, <girl. laughs> Didn't oh. even chew it, just went straight down. And we're both like, this is going to hurt coming out. You know, like, <laughs> yes, it is. There's no way it's not, but we haven't like, apparently Traver, Tra- Traver, Traver, Travis <laughs> was like, he like saw that or Travis Travis saw that Hunter had pooped and went to like go and look at it to like see if like the gopher had come out yet like he didn't touch it but he was just kind of like uh you know and like I don't know maybe he digested the baby gopher pretty well because (laughs) we haven't found gopher remains in anything although I don't I haven't been looking I think he only looked like the one time so there's that yeah you know still oh god that's disgusting yucky so he full-on was an ass butt to that baby gopher not even that i mean yeah he killed it but he wasn't like a jerk to it he was more of an idiot for swallowing the thing whole yeah <laughs> like uh. yeah okay and then we took him on a hike the next day and so he got like really exhausted and so we're sitting there going okay like you know for the next like couple days we're like i don't know if this is the baby gopher working its way through and he just like doesn't feel good or if this is just like tired <laughs> from hiking you know like right Pooping out a baby gopher can't be that comfortable. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> like, there's oh. bones in that. <laughs> yeah, how big is a baby gopher? Um, From what I could tell, it was about, like, eh. You know, like, I don't know. They're, like, I would say a little smaller, like a small hamster size. Ew. I think maybe, because I think, like, the little gophers that we've got they're not very big mm-hmm. but i mean and it very well could have been an adult gopher i don't know if they're not big gophers but it didn't seem like i kind of saw them toss it up and it seemed like uh like what's i'm like looking around trying to think of something that like would be about the same size as that like so i've uh, never seen a gopher now that I think about it, have I have it. seen one at a distance being thrown in the air now, Yeah, <laughs> but I've never like come across one, you know, I, 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 I'd say like, 
computer mouse. Okay. Like a small computer mouse. Okay. Size, like as far as like length goes, I don't know about size. Like it probably wouldn't be quite as big. But mm -hmm. yeah. And obviously, you know, more pliable than a computer mouse. Right. So it's not like he just like swallowed a computer mouse, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Although labs have been known to swallow some pretty nasty things. I've seen pictures on Facebook where it's like a puppy like got to like a butcher knife because somebody left it out and it had like meat juice or something on it and they just swallow it and they have to have surgery. And so like this butcher knife is like the same size as them that they've had to, you know, like they've had to open oh, them up to get that sort of horrible. stuff out. Like labs just eat things. Yeah. Wow. So, anyways, I did not know that. Yeah. He was a big old idiot for eating the, eating the gopher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far, no side effects. <laughs> I guess extra protein. I don't know. Yeah. But, gross. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty gnarly. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.